Hello, you're listening to Repent and Believe Podcast with Cynthia Smalls, founder of Back to God Ministries. Welcome, my friends. Here, we talk about and teach the message of Jesus Christ, the only one who can claim the title of Savior of the world. We also discuss all things repentance and belief in Jesus Christ and how all these things tie into living a lifestyle where our deeds are manifested and fashioned in God so that we may be molded by the Father into vessels to be used for His glory. Amen? Amen. Okay, so let's get started. Hey everyone, before we get started, I like to say thank you for tuning in. And if you enjoy my podcast, please share, download, leave me a message or comment. Thanks guys. Hello everyone. This is Cynthia Smalls with Back to God Ministries. How is everyone doing today? I pray that all is well in your lives, that you are walking by faith and not by sight. You, my friend, are to never, ever give up on the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. All right, folks. The good thing about being retired is that I get to spend all day in the Word of God or thinking about the word, pondering on Jesus, loving on my fellow brethren. And so I get it. Everyone is busy. And it's true. People have jobs. They have families. They have their own ministries. And so I'm coming today as your sister in Christ to share the word of God with you. So, you may not have had time today to actually open up your Bible, read the scriptures, meditate on it, study it. So, I'm here for you today. So, I want us to truly understand we are children of God. We who have called on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to be saved. We who have repented of our sins. Repenting is all about changing your mind. Changing it from from sin, evil ways, evil thoughts, and turn your whole mindset to Jesus. Whereby... You, now that you are born again, do not practice willful sin any longer. Do we miss the mark? Yes, unfortunately. But we repent immediately, confess that sin, and then get back to doing what the Lord has called you to do. Because I'm a witness. According to the word of God, as you get to know the Father better and better, you will sin less and less because the goal is to walk as Christ walked. 
and it is doable. You want to know why? Because we have the same Holy Spirit that was descended upon Christ Jesus. So it is doable. And right, Holy Spirit, sometimes we need to be reminded of that. So before we get started, we are going to pray and we are going to be looking at 1 John uh, 1. Hold on, let me just let me just make sure. Yep, no, first John three. First John chapter three and chapter five of first John. Yep, first John. I don't know why I want to say first John one. So let us pray. Father in the name of Christ Jesus, we love you. We give you thanks today. We magnify and glorify your holy name. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your, for your mercy. Thank you for sending the Lord Jesus Christ who laid down his life for us. Jesus took the punishment, Father, that was rightly due to us because we racked up and stacked up that huge sin debt. So, Father, it was a good day when Jesus came in the flesh and walked among men. Over here, Father, in John chapter 3, talking about the new birth. When Nicodemus came to Jesus at night, they had this awesome conversation. And Jesus told Nicodemus that in verse 3 of John 3, Jesus answered him, I assure you and most solemnly say to you, unless a person is born again, reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, sanctified, sanctified, he cannot ever see and experience the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? He cannot enter his mother's womb a second time and be born, can he? Jesus answered, I assure you and most solemnly say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot ever enter the kingdom of God. Amen. And Jesus said in verse 6, That which is born of the flesh is flesh. Meaning, the physical is merely physical. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be surprised, Nicodemus, that I have told you, you must be born again. Father, the Lord Jesus Christ was having this conversation with Nicodemus who was a Pharisee, a ruler, a member of the Sanhedrin among the Jews, 
But Nicodemus could not understand what Jesus was telling him. And that is why in verse 7, Jesus told him, Do not be surprised that I have told you, you must be born again, reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, sanctified. And so, Father, that tells us, too, that if we want to enter into the kingdom of God, we must be born again. We must be reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, and sanctified. Because, Father, everybody loves John three sixteen. They love it. For God so greatly loved and dearly prized the world that he even gave his one and only begotten son so that whoever believes and trusts in him as Savior shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send the son into the world to judge and condemn the world that is to initiate the final judgment of the world. Because, Father, we know that's coming. But when Jesus came the first time, he didn't come to initiate the final judgment yet, but that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes and has decided to trust in him as personal Savior and Lord, is not judged. For this one, there is no judgment, no rejection, no condemnation. But the one who does not believe and has decided to reject him as personal Savior and Lord, well, he's judged already. That one has been convicted and sentenced. Why? Because he has not believed and trusted in the name of the one and only begotten Son of God, the one who is truly unique, the only one of his kind, the one who alone can save him. Amen. So, Father... I pray that today's encouragement and if need be excitation bring comfort to your born again children. And I pray that we all heed to what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to us. Once we are born again, we must turn from sin. Because as we will see over there in 1 John, when your seed is in us, the very essence of who you are, your children cannot go on sinning. It's impossible. Impossible. So, like I said, Father, I pray that my brothers and sisters, as well as myself, remember who we 
are. We identify ourselves with righteousness. Glory be to God. Bless your name, Father. I ask for wisdom to be able to encourage my brethren. I ask for discernment to know right from wrong, evil from good. And may today's lesson bring you glory, Father. May it pleases you that your children desire to live holy and righteously, sensible, upright, and godly lives. Thank you for your grace because your amazing grace teaches us to reject ungodliness. Amen. Bless your name, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. Amen. All right, folks, let me get on with the lesson because I, I could just be talking to the Father all day. Okay, so listen. Like I said, we need to remember the essentials of our salvation. We must live a life of repentance. That means to turn away from evil, regret your past sins, and to change your mindset. Because it's true, the battle between good and evil takes place in our minds. What have you set your mind on? will determine the life you live. Amen. Thank you, Holy Spirit. It is true. That is why he tells us to set our minds on Christ and on things above. Not on this earth. Not on your personal cares of the world. No. On heavenly things. Because when we do that, our perspective changes. We now have standards and boundaries. We are not going to allow anyone, anything, including ourselves, to move us from this boundary. And what is the boundary? We stay out of sin. We don't indulge in it, nor do we tolerate someone else's sin. Our focus is on Christ Jesus. Yes, we pay attention to our families, our jobs, careers, our um, household expenses, and so forth and so on. But that is not the end or the be all to where our main core focus stays on. It stays on eternity because when your mind, your heart is focused on eternity, knowing how God the Father ain't playing with that lake of fire and that how he has called all men everywhere to repent because he has set a day of judgment in which he will judge the inhabited world in righteousness and in righteousness by a man who 
whom he have destined for that task. And the credible proof is that he raised him from the dead. And we know that to be Christ Jesus our Lord. So I wanted to come over here to 1 John to read us chapters 3 and chapters and chapter 5. I know everyone is busy. See, that's why I'm here for you. Okay, so 1 John chapter 3 is all about children of God loving one another. Folks, you cannot hate your brethren and then believe you still have fellowship with the Father and His Son whom you don't see. But you see your brethren every day and you, and you hate them. You are not a child of God. I, I hate to break it to you. Okay? Listen. 1 John 3, 1. See what an incredible quality of love the Father has shown to us that we would be permitted to be named and called and counted the children of God, exclamation point. And so we are. For this reason, the world does not know us because it did not know him. Beloved, we are even here and now children of God, and it is not yet made clear what we will be after his coming. We know that when he comes and is revealed, we will as his children be like him. Why? Because we will see him just as he is in all his glory. Amen. Listen, and everyone who has this hope confidently placed in him purifies himself just as he is pure, holy, undefiled, guiltless. Amen. Folks, since, since we know Jesus is coming back, well then, how are we ought to be living in the meantime? Definitely not in sin, but keeping ourselves holy, undefiled, and guiltless. Because the day, capital D, is approaching. Judgment day is coming, folks, and we must stay prepared. Listen, verse 4. Everyone, now listen to this. Everyone who practices sin also practices lawlessness. And sin is lawlessness. Meaning, ignoring God's law by action or neglect or by tolerating wrongdoing. Being unrestrained by His commands and His will. Amen. That means you you are just doing you. You are living in blatant, willful, deliberate, on purpose. You ain't even trying to confess it. You, you, you make no apology. You are living in your sin. And you take much glory 
in it, regardless of of God's commands and his will that you are to be holy. Yeah, you you can't be living like this. Because see, I had to learn the hard way. Okay, you must put on the new man because that was my problem from 2002 all the way to 2019. You got to be kidding me. What was I doing? What was I believing? Well, I can tell you my mind was not set on the Lord Jesus Christ. It was set on my flesh, on my two adulterous remarriages, all the cares of the world that comes along with not having enough money to fund someone else's sin, stressing, suicidal attempts, suicidal thoughts. Folks, a true born-again child of God should never be depressed. Do we get sad? Yeah. Do do we suffer pain? Uh Uh-huh. But guess what? We have a Savior who has told us to come to Him for rest, for comfort. He sent us the Comforter, the Holy Spirit. We should never be depressed where we are so focused on what's going on with us that we believe that we would be better, no, that the world would be better off without us. <clears throat> mm-mm, mm-mm, nope, nope, absolutely not. Verse 5 of First John 3. You know that he appeared in visible form as a man. In order to take away sins. And in him there is absolutely no sin. For he has, excuse me, for he has neither the sin nature nor has he committed sin or acts worthy of blame. Amen. Verse 6. And this is the key. So, if you find yourselves in direct direct opposition to verse 6, then you may need to sit with Jesus again to find out where you truly are in the Spirit. Listen, no one who abides in Him, who remains, that's the key, remains united in fellowship with Him deliberately, knowingly, and habitually practices sin. No one who habitually sins has seen Him or known Him. Amen. Folks, listen. The Word of God is really not hard to understand and comprehend. It's only difficult and burdensome is when you are in knowing, deliberate, habitual sin. You will have a problem with teaching like teachings like this because you will say, well, we are all sinners. We all have something. Everybody sin. 
not if you have been truly born again. The word of God. Listen. Where's my bell? Wake up. Listen. Okay. Big sis is talking. I'm telling you what I know as a as a witness. The Lord Jesus Christ will not reveal himself to the one who does not abide in him. If you are still smoking your weed, you are still living with your lover. You ain't giving up that homosexual lifestyle. You are still unforgiving. You are still a gossip. You are still a thief. You lie like a rug. You commit murder. You don't confess anything. You believe the pastor who told you once saved, always saved. Folks, that is not how it works in this kingdom. You will be absolutely miserable. You will have no peace, no joy, no righteousness in the Holy Ghost. Because that's the kingdom of God. When you are living right, thinking right, being right. When you have peace in your life, no matter what is going on. Kids could be cutting up, hubby, wifey, acting like we are not in a covenant marriage. Bills are off the chain. Your money is funny. You are sick and you're tired. It feels like you're going crazy. But yet you have peace and joy. Because, see, joy is not based on your circumstances. That's happiness. Because once something changes, oh, your happiness goes out the window. But, you see, joy is a fruit of the Spirit. This is how you know you have the Holy Spirit in you. It's not that you can you can speak in tongues, that you go to church every week, you are a faithful tither, even though tither, tithing is not for the New Testament saint, but that's another rant for another day. How do you know you have the Holy Spirit in you? Because you hate sin and you stay out of it and you are content with whatever is going on in your life. That's how you know the peace of, of God resides in you. You love God with your whole heart, soul, mind, and strength. And you love your neighbor as yourself. So no matter what temptation comes your way, you are not going to want to displease the Father. Namely, you love Him. You respect Him. Number two, which actually is number one, you fear him. You know he has the power to throw both your body and soul in hell. So that alone should make us straighten up and fly right. So now listen. Verse 7. Little children, believers, dear ones, do not let anyone lead you astray. Okay, the one who practices righteousness, the one who strives to live a consistently honorable life, 
folks, the key word here is consistently. That means this is your lifestyle. Every day you strive to live an honorable life. It doesn't mean that today I'm back over there in the kingdom of darkness, still smoking weed, cigarettes, don't know how to cover up this body. I'm still cursing. I'm drinking alcohol like a fish. But then on on Sunday, I want to go to church and lift up holy hands. No, (laughs) this has to be consistent. I mean, consistent. Amen. So look. Meaning in private as well as in public and to conform to God's precepts, which is righteous, just as he is righteous. This is how we know that we have been truly born again. We seek righteousness and want to do it. Even when you are tempted to do Otherwise, that no longer appeals to you because you got the memo. Say it with me. God ain't playing with that lake of fire. Amen. So, verse 8 of 1 John 3, the one. Now, if you have ever listened to me before, listen clearly right now. Verse 8. The one who practices sin, separating himself from God and offending him by acts of disobedience, indifferent or rebellion is of the devil and takes his inner character character and moral values from him, not God, for the devil has sinned and violated, violated God's law from the beginning. The Son of God appeared for this person to destroy the works of the devil. And what are the works of the devil, folks? Sin. Absolutely. Romans 6. Yes, Holy Spirit. Let's let's bring the folks over here to Romans 6 real quick to let you know all about sin because believers are dead to sin. We are alive to God. Listen. Hold on. I think I want to go to... Let's go to verse 12 of Romans 6. Listen. Our Lord came to destroy the works of the devil. And we know that is sin, right? Christ Jesus nailed our sin debt to the cross. He defeated sin. He abolished sin's control in your life. It is no longer your master. You got that? Sin doesn't control you anymore. Sin doesn't have a say. Unless you give it a say. Because if you constantly giving sin a say, then you are not born again. You are of the devil. Don't, don't come for me. That's what the Holy Spirit inspired John to write down. Listen, Romans 6 verse 12. 
Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its lusts and passions. Do not go on offering members of your body to sin as instruments of wickedness, but offer yourselves to God in a decisive act as those alive, raised from the dead to a new life. Amen. Folks, you are born again. Listen, verse 14, and then we're going to come back over here to 1 John 3. But listen to Romans 6, 14. For sin, for sin will no longer be a master over you. Since you are not under law as slaves, but under unmerited grace as recipients of God's favor and mercy. Amen. What then are we to conclude? Shall we sin because we are not under law, but under God's grace? Absolutely not. Do you not know? (laughs) I love it when Paul says this. Do you not know that when you continually listen, folks, today is all about putting on our listening ears, right? Verse 16 of Romans 6. Do you not know that when you continually offer yourselves to someone to do his will, you are the slaves of the one whom you obey, either slaves of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness, right standing with God. Amen. Don't get me started. I'll read the whole chapter. Getting back over here to 1 John 3. Listen, where were we? Okay. Well, let's start at verse 9. Yep, why not? Listen, no one who is born of God deliberately, knowingly, and habitually practices sin. Why? Because God's seed, his principle of life, the essence of his righteous character remains permanently in him who is born again, who is reborn from above, right? Spiritually transformed, renewed, and set apart for his purpose. And he who is born again, guess what, folks? Cannot habitually live a life characterized by sin. Why? Because he is born of God and longs to please him. Amen. Listen down here to the footnotes. Of verse 9. Where it says. Because God's seed lives in him. Well in human terms. God's seed is like a divine genetic code. Which is passed on to his children. And produces in them the desire. To live in a way which pleases him. Amen. Another way you know you have been truly born again because what what gets passed on to you in that regenerated born again spirit in you now 
producing in you now is a desire to live in a way that pleases God. And you know masturbation does not please God. You know that watching porn doesn't please the Father. You know being envious and jealous, being divisive and contentious, contentious is does not please the Father. I'm telling you, it's something awesome about the gift of repentance. The Father gives us this gift. He gives us another gift called faith. We now have a desire to do what is right. No longer do we think sin is the big time fun and that we can take God's grace, his merciful, undeserved favor as a license to sin. Absolutely not. We act, we act, we think and behave like children who have been snatched from hell's fire. We don't live like we finna jump back into hell's fire. No, we live now a life of gratitude. We got a new purpose in life, and that is to serve our Lord and Master. Amen. Helping Him in His great harvest. Folks, there is plenty to do in this kingdom. He gave us an assignment. He gave us an endeavor a commission to go out into this world. Whatever venue he sends you, even if it's just on your job, at the grocery store, we are to preach the gospel that you must repent of your sins. Otherwise, you face God's judgment that if you don't repent and if you reject Jesus, the only one that can save you, Don't believe the hype that there are many ways to get to God. Jesus told us in John 14, 6, he is the way. Not a way, the only way. Amen. So now listen. Where were we? Right. Verse 10. By this, the children of God and the children of the devil are clearly identified. Anyone who does not practice righteousness, who does not seek God's will in thought, action, and purpose is not of God. Nor is the one who does not unselfishly love his believing brother. Amen. So, jump down to verse 13. Do not be surprised believers if the world hates you don't be surprised that when you come with this holiness righteous teaching oh the world is going to hate you not to mention the false brethren who claim they have fellowship with the lord but they live in unconfessed sin they make no apologies for it they just rolling in it and yet they be the same ones Saying that, oh, I'm saved. No, the Bible calls them a liar. Not the one who is actually living in righteousness. And we tell folks, no, I am not in knowing, deliberate, willful sin. Oh, well, well, the Bible says if you say that, then you are a liar. 
No, the liar, okay, let's get it correct. The liar is the one who is actually in sin and don't confess it and believe they still have fellowship with the father and his son taking his license as no right no 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 taking his grace as a license to sin no that person that one is the liar because folks listen it just stands to reason because they love to quote how Jesus said no man can pluck you out of his hand which is absolutely correct no one can pluck the one who abides in Christ Jesus who who does not break fellowship with him right for that one he has eternal security because he continually habitually consistently remain in Christ Jesus doing what is right absolutely no one can pluck him out of Jesus hand so you mean tell me that I can be in willful sin blatant sin just rebellion knowing what God says about marriage divorce and remarriage what he says about homosexuality being an abomination. That all liars will have their place in the lake of fire. You really think that I'm going to get to go to heaven? Because if that's the case, then Jesus died that brutal, violent, bloody, horrific death for nothing. If, if sin still has its grip on the true born again believer. Folks, we need to wake up. So, in closing, let's come over here to 1 John 5. Listen, this is actually encouraging. I know it may sound like I'm coming down hard, but that's love, okay? Because if we love the brethren like we ought to, then we tell one another when we are missing it. When when we when we know of someone who is in blatant sin, deliberate, they they ain't giving up that adulterous remarriage. They are not giving up their living lover. Oh, excuse me, fiance. Meanwhile, you have been his or her fiance for five years. When are y'all getting married? Well, once finances get a little better well once he or she gets a better job once we save up for the house okay well then live apart well I don't want to live apart well then you don't want to go to heaven because see I'm speaking to the brethren who who wants to go to heaven okay listen first John 5 talking about overcoming the world because he already told us don't love this world right everything that's in the world is of the devil the lust of your of the flesh the lust of your eyes and the pride of life those things do not come from God okay first John 5 1 everyone who believes with a deep abiding trust in the fact that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed, is born of God. 
That is, here we go, reborn from above, <clears throat> spiritually transformed, renewed, and set apart for his purpose. And everyone who loves the father also loves the child born of him. Amen. We talking about loving the brethren, folks. By this, <clears throat> by this, we know without any doubt that we love the children of God. Expressing that love when we love God and obey his commandments. Verse 3. Now listen. Now listen to this. Okay. For the true love of God is this. Because we can give the Father lip service until our lips fall off our faces. Okay. This is what loving God truly is. That we habitually keep his commandments and remain focused on his precepts. And his commandments and his precepts are not difficult to obey. Amen. See, I told y'all. I told y'all. Listen. For everyone born of God, it for everyone born of God is victorious and overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has what that says that has conquered and overcome and overcome the world. Our continuing persistent faith in Jesus, the Son of God. Amen. Meaning never giving up on the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I told y'all before the Holy Spirit dropped that into my spirit to say that each time I open up the podcast because it's true. It's true. We must never give up on Jesus. He didn't give up on us when he went to the cross, right? Mm hmm. Verse five. Who is the one who is victorious and overcomes the world? Well, it is the one who believes and recognizes the fact that Jesus is the Son of God. This is he who came through water and blood, his baptism and death. Jesus Christ, not, not by the water only, but by the water and the blood. It is the Holy Spirit who testifies because the spirit is the truth. He is the essence and origin of truth itself. Amen. Look, for there are three witnesses, the spirit and the water and the blood. And these three are in agreement. Their testimony is perfectly consistent. Verse 9, if we accept as we do the testimony of men, that is, if we are willing to take the sworn statements of fallible humans as evidence, the testimony of God is greater, far, far more authoritative, for this is the testimony of God that he has testified regarding his son. Amen. The one who believes in the Son of God, who adheres to, trusts in, 
and relies confidently on him as Savior has the testimony within himself because he can speak authoritatively about Christ from his own personal experience. Amen. The one who does not believe God in this way has made him out to be a liar because he has not believed in the evidence that God has given regarding his son. Amen. In closing, verse 11, and the testimony is this. Here we go. God has given us eternal life. We already possess it. And this life is in his son, resulting in our spiritual completeness and eternal companionship with him. He who has the son by accepting him as Lord and Savior has the life that is eternal. He does not have he he who does not have the son of God by personal faith does not have the life. Amen. The Lord cannot be any clearer than that. Folks, in your quiet time, make time to spend in the Word of God. I know everyone is busy. Not everyone is retired. Not everyone has a quiet life where you don't have many distractions. We must put that all away and keep our eyes on the prize, which is Christ Jesus. The prize is not your life, your spouse, your kids, your money, your jobs. No, the prize in all of this is Christ Jesus. He's the only one that has preeminence in our lives not only is he savior but lord he gets to tell us how to live this life by his example and he sent us his holy spirit to be able to walk this out in sanctification as we await the day that is coming so whether we go by the way of the grave or we are the generation when Jesus returns back to the earth. You do not want to be found wanting when he returns. Nope. So, we get on board with the gospel now. Glory be to God. Amen. Amen. Father, whew, that was awesome. Bless your holy name, Father. We know for a fact over here in 1 John 5, if we look at verse 15, and if we know for a fact, as indeed we do, that he hears, because this is talking about those who pray, right? We know for a fact that he hears and listens to us, whatever, listen to us in whatever we ask. We also know with settled and absolute knowledge that we have granted to us the request which we have asked from him. 
Father, how wonderful is that, that when we come to you with clean, holy hands and a clear conscience because we are not in willful sin. And when we pray, when we offer up petitions and and supplications according to your will, you hear us. And if we know that you hear us, we know that we have of those things we ask of you. You take pleasure in, in blessing your children who listens to you, who, who comes to you for guidance and wisdom. We lean hard on you. We lean hard on our Savior. We, we don't want to walk by the, the light of the torches we have set ablaze. So it is your good pleasure when you, when you bless us, when, when you give us things for our enjoyment. We see that as gravy on top of the greatest gift you have ever given us. The Lord Jesus Christ, whom you sent from heaven to wash away our sins by his shed blood. So, Father, if you never give us anything on this side of glory, you have given us enough. Glory be to your name. And those gifts that you have given us, these these pleasurable things, we won't forget you. We won't be so taken by these blessings that we just get fat and just forget about you. No, we don't want to make that mistake. So, Father, I pray that today... Today's lesson brought you glory. Oh, Father, can't say it enough. We who love you, it is not a problem to obey you. And if we miss the mark, Father, we come in sincere, contrite repentance. Feeling absolutely sorrowful with godly sorrow that we sinned against you. Father, I pray that Those times be far and few in between. Have mercy on your children, Father. Thank you for your patience. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your discipline. Thank you for your amazing grace. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. Amen. All right, folks. There we have it. Another one in the can. Repent. And believe, stop sinning, and turn back to God. Amen, amen, and Lord willing, until next time, I shall be speaking to you all soon. Bye for now. Thank you guys for tuning in. I truly appreciate all your support. Until next time, I'll be talking to y'all soon. Bye.